You're listening to a sermon from Pastor Caleb Gordon of First Baptist Church of Cedarville, Kansas. We pray this message encourages and blesses you this week. If you'd like to join us to worship in person, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. at 418 Monroe Street in Cedarville, Kansas. We would love to see you. Find out more about us online at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Cedarvale First Baptist. If these messages bless you in any way, please consider giving to help support the ministry at First Baptist Church. Our mailing address is First Baptist Church, Cedarvale, Kansas, P.O. Box 456, Cedarvale, Kansas, 67024. All right, uh, if you've got a Bible, go to Acts chapter 13. We're continuing. Man, we've been in Acts 13 for a few minutes to, this last several weeks, but we're, we're finally coming to the end of Acts 13. So if you've got um, a Bible, just head over that way. And we'll, uh, we'll dive in here shortly. As, you, as we saw last week, Paul made the declaration. Paul and Barnabas, as they were preaching, they made the declaration at, in the gathering that said in verse 38 and 39, it said, Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man, Jesus, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you, and by him everyone who believes is free. He's He's free. And from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. So he made this declaration to the gathering on the Sabbath saying, listen, you can find ultimate freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ. You can find freedom from everything in this life. That the law couldn't keep you or couldn't get you free from, Jesus can. And so he, he tells them that Jesus brings this ultimate freedom and, and nothing else will. And any other pathway, remember he, he led them through because there was a group that stirred up dissension and said, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, 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 no. You've got to do this to make God happy. You've got to do this. You've got to do this. You've got to do this. And they're like, wait, no. No, remember that even a magician shows up, tries to throw some magic tricks in the middle of it and says, listen, you, you don't have to j- have just Jesus alone. You've got to do this. You've got to do this. And so Jesus, it, Paul said, any other pathway, Christ is the only ultimate pathway to freedom. And anything else that you're going to attempt to follow or go through or go down is going to bring nothing but bondage. It's not going to bring freedom. It's going to bring a counterfeit freedom will, that will ultimately bring you into bondage. And so... Um, that was last week in Acts chapter 38, 39, talking about ultimate freedom and how Jesus brings us ultimate freedom. And then right after that, Paul begins, because remember there was the dissension that happened. There was all this group that just, just made a mess of stuff in the middle of church. It'd be like me preaching and having somebody get up and be like, no, you're wrong. The Bible's wrong. Here's what the real truth is. And so it just, it became this big issue. And so after he makes this declaration about there being freedom in Christ, he then gives them a warning and he, he reads out of Habakkuk 1. He gives them the first chapter of Habakkuk and he, he pushes this warning out. It says in verse 40, so Isaiah, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 13 and starting in verse 40, he says, Beware, therefore, lest it be what, what is said in the prophets should come about. Look, you scoffers, be astonished and perish, for I am doing a work in your day, a work that you will not believe, even if one tells it to you. And so he he tells them here, listen, don't be fools. Don't be foolish here. Beware of what could happen. You need to be on guard, lest what was told to you by the prophets should come about. Be, Be careful. And he's talking about judgment in this moment. 
He's talking about judgment. And, and for those who reject the good news of who Jesus is, those who reject the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, to those who say, no, I'm going to find salvation through any other pathway except for Jesus. I'm going to try through my good deeds, which that was, that was Jews in this day. The Jews in this day, they kept the law. They, at least they say they kept the law. But Paul very clearly says you can't keep the law. It brings nothing but bondage. You're not allowed to keep the law. All the law is, according to Romans chapter 3, is a schoolmaster to teach you what it looks like to actually trust and rely and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And so those who reject Christ, who attempt to find salvation through their deeds, who, they're, they're in danger here. Be careful. Don't trust. Don't trust that. Trust Christ and Christ alone. Beware of those who try to save yourselves. God's going to do something that's going to blow your mind, pretty much is what he's saying here. Um, and we he see here in a minute what happens, because the Jews reject the offer of salvation. They reject this offer of salvation. So he goes, God's about to do something that's going to blow you away. Even if we told you it would happen, you wouldn't believe it. What is that? He's going to save the non-Jews. He's going to save those that are outside of the tribe of Israel. He's going to save those dirty dog Gentiles. That's you and me. <laughs> He's going to save guys like you and me. He's going to save the Gentiles. And so they, they get a little bent out of shape about this. But the bottom line is God's sovereign over man's salvation. Not the other way around. It's not, well, I'm going to do it. No, it's God that saves you. You don't save yourself. And here's the deal. I can't save you. It's not Caleb Gordon that saves you. It's the Lord Jesus Christ that saves you and saves you alone. There's nothing you and I can do about this. So as this begins to be preached, it's funny because the common folks that are in the room, folks like you and me, they're in the room, they hear this being preached and they beg for it to come back again. Come back next Sabbath and tell us these things. Come back next Sabbath and, and tell us these things again. And so we've got these devout Jews who begin to believe and follow Paul, but the belief that they have isn't a biblical belief. It's a belief that's a, it's a hybrid, weird belief. And so you see in verse 42 where Paul tells them, or they, well, we start here in verse 42. They, they went out. And the people begged that these things might be told to them next Sabbath. So they're like, listen, what you said in church today, I really enjoyed that. Could you come back and do that again next week? Come back next Sunday. Well, Sabbath. It wasn't Sunday. Come back next, next Sabbath and let's do this again. And after the meeting of the synagogues broke up, many Jews and devout converts of Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas who spoke to them, and Paul and Barnabas urged them to continue in the grace of God. Don't, do, don't follow after what you think you need to follow. You need to follow after the grace of God. Follow the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ alone. Nothing else. You're saved by grace through faith. You're saved by grace through faith. That's it. Your good deeds are aren't getting you to heaven. You being a nice person isn't getting you into the gates of heaven. Follow Jesus and him alone. Uh, John MacArthur once said in a study, he said, uh, those who are truly saved preserve and validate the reality of their salvation by continuing in the grace of God. By continuing in the grace of God. So Paul and Barnabas are hoping to help prevent these, uh, those who are intellectually convinced 
of the truth of the gospel, yet stopped short of the saving grace of faith. They, they didn't want them to revert back to legalism. Rather, they wanted them to embrace Christ completely. Paul and Barnabas are saying, listen, embrace the Lord Jesus Christ completely. Don't just, don't just come in halfway. Don't have just the head knowledge of who Jesus is. Come in and go all in when it comes to who Jesus is. You need to be truly born again. But what happens is they stop short of a genuine heart transformation. So therefore, they weren't born again. And this is why Paul and Barnabas urged them to continue and follow the grace of God. This is so many people in the church today. We've got an understanding of some of the things about Jesus. There's a lot of people that have an intellectual bent towards the things of God, but their hearts and lives have not truly been regenerated and captured by the God of the universe. They've got some really smart head knowledge about him. Just watch the History Channel around Easter. <laughs> You've got these crazy people that get up and talk about all the facts about Jesus, but man, they just they, they stop short. They've got a lot of head knowledge about who Jesus is, but they fall back into trying to earn their own salvation through their deeds, through their works, through something else. What needs to happen is they need to just trust Christ. Trust the Lord Jesus Christ. James 2.19 says that the demons in hell believe and tremble. Like, they believe. Like, they know who Jesus is. Remember when Jesus is coming up and, and they, they, he sees that the guy that's demon-possessed, and Jesus says, who are you? He says, we're legion, for we're many. And they know, you're the son of the Most High God. Whoa, whoa, what are you doing here? It's not time yet. It's not time. Like there's something going to happen. What's, what's happening? Jesus, Jesus is coming. And he said, wait, we just in time. And then, they, and then what's amazing is that he asks, this legion of demons asks the Lord Jesus Christ to be merciful. And guess what? He is. He gives them mercy and puts, rather than throwing them into the abyss, launches them off into a herd of pigs. How how gracious is that? That God's even gracious to the demons and says, okay, I'll, I'll grant your request. He didn't have to. He could have, he could have killed them, but he said, okay, I'll, I'll give you mercy. How great is that that the Lord Jesus Christ continuously gives grace this way? And man, we, we can be dumb sometimes. I just, I don't know. But the hope is here that, that Paul and Barnabas are telling these people in this gathering, listen, trust Christ. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ with everything you've got. Not, don't, don't trust in your works and your deeds. Man, don't do that. So the following week, they come back, starting in verse 44, and they preach it again. He preaches again in verse 44, the next Sabbath. Now look, look, look what happened. Word gathers. Word, word builds momentum. that This is happening. Listen, these guys are going to come back and preach this message. You got Everybody needs to get here. Verse 44. The next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathers to hear the word of the Lord. So we got everybody. Imagine the whole place is full. From the top to the bottom, we got chairs over here. Even people, maybe it's people sitting in the baptistry. I don't know. It's a lot of people. The whole place is full. But when the Jews saw the crowds, uh-oh, this is what religious people do. People that are religious, not saved by grace. Religious folks, they get jealous. And they begin to contradict what Paul spoke. So they get up and start talking again in the middle of church service. So Paul and Barnabas, they're preaching. And these men were filled with jealousy. 
And they begin to stand up and contradict what Paul spoke and was, re- was reviling them. And Paul and Barnabas spoke boldly saying, It is necessary that the word of God was spoken to you first since you thrust it aside and judged yourselves unworthy for eternal life. Wow, what a... Com- Woo. Behold, we're going to turn to the Gentiles. For the Lord has commanded us saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. So the entire town shows up to hear the gospel be proclaimed. But what happens rather than revival amongst the Jews is that they see something totally different happen. The the leadership of the town gets jealous because they don't like it. Because it's a power struggle, they think. That's That's what killed Jesus. The religious crowd saw Jesus coming in and shaking up the religious culture. And say, this is not really how things are done. Here's how they're supposed to be done. And they're like, wait a minute, we got a really good thing going. My pockets are padded. My temple looks nice. Look at it. And so that's why Jesus was killed, is he shook up the establishment. And the fact that he said he was God. But the leadership in the town gets jealous. And they hijack the, t- the meeting. They hijack the worship service. And they start trying to poke holes in the, in the presentation that Paul is giving. And, and rather than arguing with them, I love this, because, man, we live in a world where we, we love to argue. Anybody love to get a good argument in every once in a while? Just saying. We love to argue in this world. But Paul and Barnabas, they don't. They just tell them, listen, it's necessary that the word of God spoken to you all first. But since you've thrust it aside and judged yourselves unworthy for eternal life, man, we're going to go somewhere else. We're not going to beg you to keep coming into this. We're not going to plead with you to keep coming. We presented the gospel the best way we know how. We've presented the best way we know how. So we're going to turn to the Gentiles. For the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. So in other words, Paul he ain't going to beg people to come to Jesus. Which, listen, I know there's some days I, be, I'm, I plead with people to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And man, after a while, you're just like, man, okay, I need, to, I need to take the example of Paul. Let's just face it, he's a better Christian than me. Paul says, I'm not going to beg you to come to Jesus. I'm going to go, I'm going to tell you the facts of who Jesus is. I'm going to present the gospel to you as best I know how. And I'm going to let God sort it out in the end. I'm going to let God do the work. Because ultimately, that's who does the work. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You don't get saved because of my preaching. Oh, sweetness. No, you don't. No, you don't. So God offers the message of salvation to the Jews first. But they thrust it aside. So Paul says, okay, we're going to the Gentiles. And the Jews, and this is the thing that this is what causes the shakeup in the middle of all the in the middle of this service, because the Jews considered the Gentiles as dogs. Remember John chapter 4? When Jesus presents the gospel to the woman at the well? She's a Gentile. She even tells him, Why are you talking to me? Why do you have a dealing with me? You look at me as if I'm a dog. Jesus doesn't even phased by that comes in and just shows her grace, love, mercy, and preaches the gospel to her. And guess what? The whole town gets saved. Fantastic, beautiful message. John chapter 4, you can check that out. And so they move from 
presenting the gospel to the Jews. He says, listen, now we're going to present these to the Gentiles. And I love the Gentiles' reaction is completely different. Completely different. These dogs have a complete, and I use that in air quotes, these dogs have um, a completely different reaction to the, 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 the gospel message. They, they know how they're viewed. They know how they're viewed and how th- people think about them. And they think to themselves, man, there's no way that God could love me. Like, there's no way that God could care about me. There's no way that God could redeem and reconcile a mess like me. Anybody ever felt that? There's no way that God could love me. I'm a mess. God takes, but here's the beautiful thing. God is a, God, who, he is the ultimate sovereign king who takes messes and turns them into miracles. Amen? Amen? Turns them into miracles. And so they know what they, how they're viewed. And they know and there's no way that God can love me. There's no way. Because that's what they've been taught for years. Decades. This is, we're dogs. I'm such a wretch. Paul says, this is what God told us. I've made you a light for the Gentiles. That you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And this causes something amazing to happen. Look at verse 48. And when the Gentiles heard this. I love this. They begin rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as were appointed for eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. Oh I love this. Look here's the thing. People who have been inoculated with a form of godliness are tough to reach. People that have been inoculated with a form of godliness are incredibly difficult to reach. They, they don't believe that the gospel is necessary for them. The, these people believe that they are not in need of saving. That, that was the Jews. The Jews didn't think they needed to be saved. They thought they were good enough on their own. Now, the Gentiles knew they were a mess. The Gentiles knew they had a problem. And so when they hear the good news, that's the reason it's called good news, they begin to rejoice that the gospel becomes real to them. And these people who who have this form of godliness, like they don't believe they need to be saved from anything. Because maybe they prayed a prayer once at a revival or they went to camp one time. We did this. We did that. We did this. But yet there's no sign of God moving in their lives today. Like that's problematic. Like listen, that's great that you prayed a prayer once at camp. But where are you today with the Lord? Where Are you hungering and thirsting for the things of God today? As Matthew chapter 5 says, are you hungering and thirsting for righteousness now for those that are hungering and thirsting will be satisfied? Are you hungering for the things of... Well, no, not really. Well, that's a problem. If you're not hungering for the things of God today, if you're not thirsting to know more about Jesus today, but you prayed, oh, I prayed a prayer once. That's the problem with American Christianity. Is we prayed a prayer once, but you have no sign that you're following Jesus today. That's problematic. So, so therefore, it's important that this is, this churches, listen, we need churches who are preaching the biblical gospel, not a humanistic gospel, but a gospel-centered, biblical gospel. What's the difference? A humanist gospel is all about how God can help you. 
How God can make your dreams come true. How you can achieve your dreams. I watched a video this week of a guy standing in front of 10,000 guys and ladies in a huge church. He's like, listen, I know that God's given you a dream. And because God's given you a dream, all you got to do is believe. God's giving you a dream, so you just believe. He'll help you achieve your dream. I'm like, that's not the gospel. Of course I'm going to come to Jesus. Jesus can help me make my business smarter and bigger and stronger. Yeah, that's the junk we ask that we're shipping off to to Africa. Like, listen, all you got to do is give enough money. And guess what? Your kid won't be sick. All you got to do is just believe this and, and you'll have more money in your bank account. You guys heard it a couple weeks ago when Jeff stood here and preached and talked about what they're experiencing right now in Africa. We're exporting that junk to all these other countries. And so a humanistic gospel is that God's here to make sure you can achieve your dreams. Or make you a better you. The biblical gospel is that, man, listen, you're dead in your sins and your trespasses. And Jesus has come to make you alive. Jesus has come to bring you back to life. He's taken a dead man and brought him back to life. He doesn't make you a better version of you. He remakes you completely and changes your heart of stone into a heart of beating flesh. Now that's good news. Amen? That's good news that you take a stone cold dead heart and breathe life back into it. And what? Here. I'm back. God's not some genie that grants your wishes if I rub the Bible just right. All right. See what I can do. Lord, help me win the lottery. Like that's, that's not, but there's people that do that junk. There's people that believe that kind of stuff. That's not biblical. That is a humanistic, self-centered, narcissistic gospel that will not save. It will let you down and you'll be exhausted at the end of the day. It's easier just to trust in Jesus. His, what did Jesus say? My yoke is light. My burden is not heavy. Come on, right? Jesus is the sovereign king who deserves and is worthy of our worship, period. I love this quote I found this week from Mr. R.C. Sproul. He said, The judgment that is on the human race is not because it is given to atheism. What provokes the judgment of God is religion, false religion, the religion whose object of zeal and devotion is an idol, where the truth of God is traded in for the God alone who is worthy. Oh, isn't that good? This is exactly what the Jews were doing. They were trading in a biblical gospel for a humanistic gospel that was a man-centered message that opposed the Christ-centered message. Like I said, like I've said before, those who are truly saved will continue to walk in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. They'll trust what the grace that saved you in the beginning is the grace that holds you today. The grace that saved you 20 years ago is the grace that holds you today. And sadly, the Jews were trying to say, no, 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 it's my deeds that, that saved me. It's me keeping the law. It's me doing the right thing. That's what saves me. That's what keeps me going. Look, and I love the reaction of the Gentiles. It is completely different. They're like, wait, what? We can be saved? We can be reconciled? We can be made right with the God of the universe? They, when people, the people who understand their depravity 
will rejoice in the good news of salvation for them. That God would even, not even could, but would even save someone like them, the Gentiles. They become overwhelmed with a sense of joy. Why? Because God's, God's willing to re- re- forgive me and reconcile me and set me straight. Oh, how beautiful is this? How amazing is this? How glorious is this? Is that God would take a mess like me and turn me into a miracle. Oh, that's good, right? Look at the text again, verse 48. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. And when the word of the Lord was spreading, it began to spread throughout the entire region. These Gentiles, listen, these Gentiles had an appointment. And as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. And they believed because God allowed them to believe. Oh, isn't that good? God, listen, you believed because God allowed you to believe. That God allowed you to believe? Think about this. That is an offering of mercy from God. This is absolutely heartwarming to read. That, that God before the foundation of the world knew every one of these men and women that were in this group. He knew every single one of these men and women that were in this group. And those who were to believe, believed. He knew everything about them. That's the beautiful, like, that's the crazy thing about the gospel is that, and, and who God is, is that God knows everything about you. He knows all the secrets. He knows all the stuff you've done in the dark that nobody else in this room knows about. And he still loves you, still is willing to forgive you, and still comes after you anyways. Isn't that beautiful? Like, isn't that beautiful to know that the God of the universe knows everything about you? He still says, I want that one. But that that one's a mess. Yeah, I know. Watch what I'm going to do. Watch what I'm going to do. Like how gracious and beautiful is that? That the God of the universe knew everything about them and he still decides to save them. Like listen, I believe, like there's some of y'all in this room today. I don't know. Maybe God's doing a work in your heart right now. And maybe some of y'all are going to have an appointment with the Savior even today. Don't take these moments lightly. Don't take moments like this room we're in together lightly because this is serious stuff. The word of God is a serious stuff. Oh, because you, you think it's serious because you're preaching to Caleb? No. We can get, you don't get up here and preach it. I don't care. It's the word of God that does the work, not me. It's God who does the saving, not me. I'm just, man, I'm just an earthen vessel that's a mess. Just like you that was saved by grace through faith. Amen? Don't take these moments in this room lightly. God knows everything about you. He, he knows the deepest, darkest things about you. And he's still calling you into his grace. He's still calling you into his mercy to redeem you and to reconcile you. Man, how glorious is that fact? Why would you? No, not me, Caleb. I don't need to do that. I'm going to trust my good deeds. When I get to glory, I'm just going to, I'm, uh, I've heard people say this. Well, when I die, I'll get to heaven and just hope my good outweighs my bad. Oh, sweet goodness, that is horrible. That's not good news. That is not good news to... Well, I, I hope my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds. That's not the gospel. That is a one-way ticket to eternal darkness. Amen? That's, you, want a, you want a ticket to eternal life, it's Christ and Christ alone. Look at that verse again, 49. And the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region... 
spreading through the whole region. How is it spreading? Because men and women, just like you and me, were preaching the message. Like, listen, dear Christian, I want you to hear this. You've been created by God for a day that we're currently living in. These people that were in this text were created by God for the day that they were living in. Don't take that lightly. Live boldly in gospel-centered truth and don't be afraid to open your mouth and tell someone around you that Jesus is king and, and how this mighty king saved you. How this mighty king saved you. He, how he rescued you. How he redeemed you. How he made you right. What Jesus has done is beautiful. And I as a pastor, I as a Christian, forget that, I as a Christian man, want to through the pages of the scripture to be able to paint a picture of Jesus that causes our hearts to be stirred towards him in such a way that nothing else seems as amazing as Jesus Christ. Because that's the facts. There's nothing else more amazing than Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the, the most amazing thing in the, in the universe. So tell people about him. Look, look, I, listen, I believe with, I genuinely believe this. With every fiber in my being that we are right on the precipice, right on the edge of revival in this community. And man, I've been saying it for a long time. This city has a spiritual funk over it. And guess why? Because we need men and women just like you in the pews to step out and say, I'm going to be the hands and feet of Christ. And man, we're seeing that in this place now. And I'm believing by the power of the Holy Spirit that you guys are going to go into some places and there's going to be a revival in Cedarville, Kansas. Anybody else? There's going to be revival here. And guess what? God's calling you. I'm talking to you. No, no, you're talking to my neighbor next to me. No, I'm talking to you. God's calling you to be his hands and his feet in the places where you are in Cedarville, Kansas. Don't take any of this lightly. God's equipped you. And, and I, he's equipped you and I both to share the truth where we go in the places where we go. And I'm talking, and yes, I do mean you. Oh, Caleb, I can't talk. Well, neither could Moses. And look, there's a whole bunch of stuff about him in the Bible. M Moses couldn't talk. That was an excuse he used. I love that. God's like, listen, go deliver my people. I can't talk. I mean, he told that to God. And guess what? He's like, you're going to go. You're going to be my instrument. I'm going to send Aaron with you. He's going to help you. But you're going to go. You're going to be my instrument. Oh, not me, Caleb. I could never be. I could never be. Jesus took all the people that could never be and made them something. Jesus always took the people that could never be and made them into something fantastic. Don't think it can't be you because, man, it could be. It could be. I've seen it in people's lives, in my own life, and people that I know that there's no way that God could take them through this, and they do. Like, I'll give you a case in point. Zach Costello. Zach's big, big bearded Zach. That brother, if you'd known him 10 years ago, been like, hey, listen, he's going to be a man who's going to herald the gospel. We would have laughed together and been like, no, no way. That is not happening. Guess what? God, through the power of his word, transforms Zach's life. And guess what? Now he's a pastor. <laughs> Where did that come from? God. God only. That's it. Now, let's keep going. Verse, 
Verse 50, we're almost done, I promise. But, but the Jews incited the devout women of high standing and, and leading men in the city. And they stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of the district. And, and they shook off the dust from their feet. And they went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. So, man, I, I know we're just, we're just talking about, listen, you could do it. You could do this. You know, I the tiger. You know, I, I could, you know, you could do this. I, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you could do this. I know this. We get pumped about hearing stuff like that. We get excited about that, right? But there's going to be times when you're out trying to share. People don't want to hear it. And you're going to get shut down. And there's going to be, no, there's going to be a lot of no's before there's a yes. There's going to be a lot of no's before there's a lot of yeses. And I know that we can get pumped about this. But uh, sometimes people don't want to hear about the word. And they get angry. And they... They get, they get frustrated. They, get, they, they talk about you. The devil, listen, the devil doesn't like the gospel going forth. Period. He does not like the gospel going forth. So therefore, those who he controls, they will stir the pot and cause problems. You ever, anybody seen that in this world? Anybody seen that where the, the pot gets stirred by somebody that's a non-believer towards you? Like those cranky Christians. Let me tell you about those legalistic. All right. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 4. 3 and 4 says, now listen, I think this is funny. Well, sad also. Verse 3, for the time that is past suffers for doing what is what the Gentiles want to do, those that are outside of Christ, want to do living in sensualities, passion, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, lawless, lawlessness, and idolatry. With respect to, the, with respect to the, this, they are surprised when you do not join them in their flood of debauchery and they will malign you. So here's the thing. This, this means that if you're living a God, godly life, a life that's pursuing godliness, righteousness, and you're pursuing these things, there will be people who will revile you for living for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you don't have to go out and be extra annoying. Just, just be faithful to, to the gospel and you'll be annoying enough to the world. You don't have to add in being a jerk. Don't be a jerk. Just, just live for Jesus. That's all I'm telling you to do. And, and so, because of you refusing to join them in those things that we just read off, the, the debauchery and the drinking and the, and, the, and the parties and the things that they have here, they're going to be surprised that you don't want to join them. What do you mean you don't want to join me? Listen, I, I don't go to the bars. Well, why not? I, I, I'm bought... By the blood of the Lamb. I don't, I don't go party. I don't do those things. Well, why not? Did I tell you about... Did I tell you about Alan? He didn't want to go get drunk with me the other night. He's just a fuddy-duddy. He didn't want to do it. Why didn't he want to do it? He said he was a Christian. There are going to be people that do that. There's going to be people that say these things, that do these things. Right? That, that's, that's, that happens when you stand for righteousness. But remember what Jesus says over and over and over again? Take heart. Do not be troubled. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in me. Believe also in God. John chapter 4 verse 4 says, Little children, you're from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than the one that's in the world. Listen, the man... The, the God-man, Jesus, who lives in you is greater than the one who's in the world. He is going to overcome the enemy one day. 
Amen? Going to destroy him. And, and this is why... This is what I love, is that Paul and Barnabas, they didn't just chuck it off and say, man, forget these people are crazy. They tried. They tried to be faithful, and they tried, and they preached the best way they knew how to people that beat them up, that talked trash about them, and threw them out of their town. And as they got thrown out, I love it that they shook the dust off their feet at them as a symbol of, listen, this ain't on us. You're in the hands of God now. We tried. You didn't listen. Shake the dust off and we're going to keep going. They shook the dust off and they said, we're going to keep going and we're going to find somebody else. We're going to Iconium. I bet you we can find somebody in Iconium to go to preach. And as they're leaving, they're not going, man, we got beat up. Man, they rejected us. They're not like bummed. They're rejoicing. Oh man, we got beat up. That's so awesome. Let's go do it again. And they go off rejoicing. Why? Because they got the Holy Spirit. And listen, he's more than enough. And they got Jesus and he's more than enough. I don't need anybody else. I got Christ and I got my brothers beside me. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And I, and I pray that we'd find the Holy Spirit of Jesus to be more than enough to sustain us for the work that's ahead. And listen to me. I don't want to paint a picture of, listen, it's going to be easy roses. It's going to be amazing. Listen, the forces of darkness are a for, is, is a force to be reckoned with. But guess what? Jesus is a force to be reckoned with. And he'll mow through that stuff. Trust in him. And listen, just go out into the places where you are. Be the hands and feet of Jesus where you are. Love the people that you interact with, even the difficult ones. Maybe you're the difficult one. I don't know. I'm just maybe you need to be loved on. I don't know. I'm just my wife says I'm difficult sometimes. I don't believe her, but what's that? There's beauty in all this. That God listen, what God requires, God provides. And he does that through you being available to the call. You being available. So Caleb, I don't know if I'm qualified. Listen, God does the qualifying. Not you. God does the qualifying. <laughs> How many guys have ever, like, I wish to goodness, like, if I could go back to 2009 and get on a Bitcoin when it first came in. I, I wish I could. I wish I could have just jumped in on it when people were like, hey, this is gonna be the next big thing. How many guys love it? Like, I had a buddy of mine. Listen, you can come and get in on this next big deal. We got a big deal. And if you knew that there's a big payoff at the end of it, man, if I, if I, could, if I could get in the DeLorean, adjust the flux capacitor, and go to 2021 and see how Bitcoin would have paid off, man, in 2009 when my crazy brother in law said, hey, you should invest, even though he didn't invest. He, he told me I should invest. But I was like, man, you're nuts. Man, if I'd taken $200 worth of Bitcoin, man, I be on a beach somewhere telling people in the beach about Jesus but I didn't but listen people oh I want to be in on the next big deal what's the next big deal here it is here's the next big deal go out and go preach the gospel share the gospel with people in your neighborhoods because that has eternal dividends come on the return of investment on that is amazing and it it never that that retirement never stops. Just saying, 
that vacation never ends. It's going to be fantastic. Why would you not want to tell people about this? Well, Caleb, people might think I'm crazy. Well, they will. I promise they will. The Bible says they will. That shouldn't stop you. Like Paul and Barnabas, they knew that they were walking into the lion's den when they came in there and said, listen, all the things you're trying to do by saving yourself, yeah, you should throw that out the window and trust Jesus. Then the entire town like wants to fight him. They're still going, we're going to do it anyways. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep preaching. We're going to keep sharing. Whoa, man, let's keep going. Like, I believe we're on the prep. Like, we're right, right on the edge of revival in Cedarville, Kansas. And man, oh, man, just believe. Just believe that God can do what God says he'll do. Just be faithful. Just be faithful to be obedient and available. You've been listening to a sermon from Pastor Caleb Gordon of First Baptist Church of Cedarville, Kansas. We pray this message encourages and blesses you this week. If you'd like to join us to worship in person, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. at 418 Monroe Street in Cedarville, Kansas. We would love to see you. Find out more about us online at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Baptist. If these messages bless you in any way, please consider giving to help support the ministry of First Baptist Church. Our mailing address is First Baptist Church, Cedarville, Kansas, P.O. Box 456, Cedarville, Kansas 67024. God bless you.